You are now listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. This is Lost and Rewound, and my name is Alon. And my name is Jimmy, and we are your esteemed hosts mm-hmm. today. If you want to donate any money to help us keep going with financial ease, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge, or go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash LAR and sponsor us directly. And now, time to get super embarrassed with us. Let's do it. Welcome again to another edition of Lost and Rewound here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is the show where we get to dive into the world of tapes, tapes, and all sorts of tapes. Tapes. We need them. We need them, and we want to hear them now. So we're talking tapes. If you have tapes collecting dust in the garage, you know, I'm talking about you were in a little garage band when you were a kid, and you've never listened to that tape since. Mm -hmm. We're talking... 20 years. Yep. It still plays, man. Trust me. We want to hear it. Well, let's just say that if you have not heard it in a while, it's very important to make sure that it does play because sometimes these tapes, they deteriorate. And we don't want to find you in a position where you're losing all the audio before you even get a chance to hear it. Where you're losing a part of yourself. It, it happens, man. It does happen. Oh, I have some nightmarish stories I can attest to. Of trying, to trying to get the tape back in the, you know, twin, spin the little wheels and stuff. Man, and... let me tell you, micro cassette recorder, okay? Like, I have a micro cassette recorder, and I have all these tapes, like, when I was doing radio in college, and I had these drops. And I had, you know, the drops is what, like, for example, Questlove came to the campus to play with the Roots, and I asked him to do a station ID. So like the one that Mike Doty has here for Radio Free Brooklyn, I asked Questlove to do a, uh, a drop for City Rhythms on WICB, and he did that. But I recorded on microcassette, and there's no way I can get it because at least if I can find another microcassette recorder. But in the meantime, I'm SOL. I know what you mean. It is a lost format. I have actually um, a bunch of video on micro DVDs mm-hmm. and the same way. Like I have nothing that can play them. You were gone these last two weeks, but you had a very specific reason for each one. I was gone. This was not hiatus number two. <laughs> a few people out there were thinking, great, we lost him. Lost him a goddamn get. He's gone forever, part two. What I had, and it comes from this voice. This voice, it's a stress to speak like so cool all the time <laughs> sometimes that cool voice needs a break it does um i've actually been i'm, I'm like still recovering actually from it i've been yeah. i've been very phlegmy for a week um i lost my voice last week oh and, goodness and i actually um you know i don't get paid for this i love it this is again a passion yeah, project it's all good it is what it is but my other job which is again a tour guide i get paid to speak so i, I had to rest it i was i was dying and I needed that cash. Hey, it was your birthday recently, too. It was my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you, sir. I you turned sick uh, fool. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
I turned the big two eight, which means that I survived the big two seven. Mm-hmm. I'm alive. You are alive. I'm alive. And, <laughs> live and in jive. And, and you have a reason for not being here last week for the show because you were going to see Flight of the Concords. Yeah. My, uh, Your dad got you like my, surprise tickets? My dad got me surprise tickets to go see Flight of the Concords. Um, if anybody doesn't know them, they are a New Zealand joke folk tree, uh, hmm. duo. rather. Do, um, do I, I have never heard of them. Are you really having heard of them? <laughs> no. I was like, are you serious, bro? You seem like a flight of the Concords dude. You're, you're very educational to our very educated audience. I'm trying to let the people know. And if you didn't know, New Zealand is a country. Yes, it is. Where they filmed Lord of the Rings. That is the most famous thing that's happened there. <laughs> the, um, the, the, the result, I should say, of you not being here uh, last week, at least, was um, me going to my own devices and playing the first part of The Wizard of Zone, which was the most insane thing i've ever done and to this day i will never forget my mom calling me like an hour or two after because she listens to the show because she's my mother and she's awesome and the first thing out of her mouth when she called me was you're insane you are insane so i've done my job I've made my mom proud. I'm telling you, man. I mean, we get to keep each other sane by having this this classic banter that we do. Yes. But if it was just one of us in a room here, I don't know how the other hosts on this channel do it. Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of guys that do, you know, shows by themselves, man. I feel like that can drive you a little a little noodly. There's many a story I could tell about being in the studio, a studio, at a really late time being completely at uh, wit's end without somebody to tell me, Alon, no. But that's what happens when you're doing a radio show at 4 a.m. on a Sunday morning. (laughs) That's the way, dude. That is the way. You know, in radio, um, I met a lot of people over at Ithaca College, and one of them is a guest on this show today that we're going to be getting to in a little bit. Her name is Angel Yao, and stay tuned. We'll be back in a quick second with that interview. is a Queens-based storyteller, sketch comedian, and filmmaker. She's been on Risk, Mortified, she's done UCB, and she's also been in the Seattle Sketch Fest, North Carolina Comedy Arts Festival, New York City Underground Festival, Solocom. She has been all over. She also happens to be the co-creator and co-curator of VHS Presents, a show that I have been blessed to be a part of, more or less Lost in Rowan's videotaped cousin, Angel Yao, thanks so much for being on Lost and Rewound. Welcome. Hey. You have found some old tapes. I have to ask you because it seems apparent that with all that I know of you, with being somebody who has archived so many videos, how hard was it to really truly find audio back at home? I knew 
specifically certain audio tapes that exist. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was a little bit harder to find because it's not really labeled all the audio tapes, and so a bunch of the tapes were like just songs that were recorded off the radio. I think that was the majority of the tapes I found. What were you listening um, to on the radio? What, what, what was the Well, uh, it wasn't stations? even my radio song. It's like my parents. Yeah, that it was like Chinese songs. <laughs> oh, really? That was like a very popular thing. My dad told me that in the old days, you know, before you had home video and home, home cassettes and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. you wanted to listen to music. You know, you didn't want to buy the album. You just got your tape recorder. You didn't tape off the radio with, like, a built-in tape deck. You literally, like, would put the tape deck to the yeah, radio and hold it there <laughs> for, the, for, the, exactly, for the entirety of the song. <laughs> yeah, and I remember, like, just, um, like, whenever I make mixtapes and I try to cut the, D- like, whenever the DJ would talk, I try to, like, time it so I don't catch the DJ talking. <laughs> And I get so mad when, like, they would talk over, you know, as it's about to Yeah, as they're Absolutely. fading. Absolutely. Yeah, right. but, yeah. but you must, like, you know, have a special place in your heart for the DJs because we're, we're on the radio right now. <laughs> so when we went to college together, Angel, because you and I went to Ithaca, and I did WICB and you did VIC. WICB and VIC, video and radio? For our people out there and myself, because I got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no. Explain, why don't you explain it, Angel? You were definitely uh, a um, communications I gal. I guess the biggest difference is WICV was on the actual radio, and VIC was more of internet radio. Oh, okay. And I'm guessing, was, I feel like I did VIC because it was easier or like more fun. To Less pressure. Do. We try to not. Yeah, you, you tell me your, your size. We try to not make the distinction here. <laughs> well, the, the the thing was is is that both stations were streaming live on the web. The difference with VIC was that it was a little more specific in terms of the format. I think the hip hop right. lived on ICB, and then VIC strictly stayed within the sort of the alternative rock spectrum. Yes. Yeah, we had um, some people at like certain shows that they could do. So yeah. they had more power of picking the songs they want to play. I did the general, I guess the general slot. I think I was able to pick maybe 25% of the songs or or 75% of the songs. <laughs> um, and then there's like either 25 or 75% of the songs that needed to be played you went to school for film right what made radio such a draw to you because hmm. <laughs> yeah i think i definitely did radio throughout college and i'd even do like tv until maybe later on college when um i want to say I, th- I mean i started but like it wasn't like on camera until maybe sophomore or junior year mm-hmm. but i definitely started with the radio freshman year until senior year, I guess, or whatever. I think it was starting with the high school stuff. I got really obsessive. I like singing, but I know I'm not like a natural singer. So I like, guess one of the hobbies or after school things I do as a lonely kid um, is just like singing along to songs and recording myself and then just hearing it back and feeling disappointed but then trying again until I liked how I sounded. Mm-hmm. And then so with T 
DJing, I felt like I had a better voice than I give myself credit for. And I, I guess I was just trying to show myself that I could speak with confidence or speak clearly. Sure. Because a lot of times I just I murmur all the time and I mumble when I like have conversations <laughs> with people. So I think that's why I wanted to DJ. It was a format of which you were able to instill confidence in your presentation, your speaking ability, by being the only person in the room so that nobody else, if they were hearing you, then great, but if they weren't, then at least you were having the practice of doing it to an empty audience. Yeah, and I think I always like doing things privately, I guess. So if, let's say, if I DJed with a crowd, I think that probably would affect the way I speak or the way Mm -hmm. I act. But just knowing that I'm there by myself and maybe there's like one or two live listeners, then, you know, that's fine. But it's just knowing that the pressure of entertaining like a crowd is kind of off, even Mm -hmm. though you kind of know there is a crowd, (laughs) but you just don't see them. I I definitely know what you mean, because um, I do a lot of live performance and I suppose I I really have no idea. Who listens to this show? People tell me they're going to listen. My Who mom, knows I told do? you. Your my mother's mom listening. listens, okay. Uh, there are, I'm sure there's many grandmas that listen to the show. <laughs> I tell my tourists. My I, 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 I promote the show on all my tours now. That's and I great. tell my tourists to listen. But I don't really, you can't really tell. I'm just in this room, this hot room with Alon. <laughs> so I know what you mean. It's like the pressure of how am I doing is is not... You don't feel it directly because you can't yeah. see yeah. the you can't see the reactions. There, people are reacting, yeah. but it's it's in the yeah. it's in the ether somewhere. <laughs> it's not you know it's not right there. Plus, when you do, for instance, performance in a dark room and you can't see uh-huh. the audience, it's much easier than when they're looking right at you and it's mm-hmm. bright and you really can tell. How long have you been performing improv and comedy? Was it something you did while you were in college, or did you do it more when you got to New York? Or back to New York, Um, I should say, from college, since you are from here. (laughs) (laughs) I started, like, senior year of high school, and it wasn't even in my high school, but um, I worked at an art museum for my senior year, and it was like a youth program kind of thing. So we would meet twice a week. So it's kind of like an internship, a youth program, an education thing. Um, And they had a talent show at the end of the year, and I didn't have any talents because I'm like, I don't know what to do. Um, And then I kind of jokingly said uh, out loud that I would do, like, stand-up. But then I kept thinking about it, and and then I was like, I I don't want to do it because that's something unexpected for me. So my that it was like me playing off my nervousness and my shyness and then it was uh, me reading my diary which was like a fake diary like a joke diary mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of this. and then I recorded like an inner monologue that would play before um, right as I stand up there my inner monologue would play and then people would hear my thoughts but that was like my very first and everyone liked it, and everyone was surprised by it. So then I went into college knowing that I do wanted to um, pursue more of the comedy and performing and stuff like that. Clearly, you had the interest in bringing an audience your love of self-reflection. And I, I mean, it's, it's a little unfair because I'm asking you these things objectively because there's an audience that doesn't necessarily know your name, uh, and they should know your name. 
But one thing I've noticed on my own personal experiences working with you, Angel, is is that you have such a way of allowing the audience to come into your world as if you are the only person in the room and everybody is there just to sort of watch you sort of as if you are there and you know that they're there, but you're treating the experience as if there is only you there and you're performing Mm -hmm. it as if you are trying to impress yourself and make sure that you're, you're impressed. And what it does is it creates like this amazing force field that allows you to come on stage without any inhibitions, without any, uh, nerves at all like you just you go up there and you just you're you and i think that's a really special thing is just to be able to be yourself and not feel like you have to put on a show when you go up on stage yeah thank you for sure um but yeah i think because i'm not a natural performer like someone that would just know what to say when they're on a spot in a regular world or society i just don't command the room but I still really like being the center of attention in some way, but I, I like it when I have control of it. With my comedy, I, I use that nervousness and that shyness to have it kind of be my character. So then, yeah, in a way that um, I'll never be nervous because that's part of my act or part of my character. So that nervousness wouldn't, like, hinder the performance. So that's just my roundabout way to overcome it, I guess, whenever I perform. Yeah, because personally I do stand-up as well. I know exactly what you mean. There's a big thing as far as the audience not wanting to feel intimidated by the performer. They want to be on your side. And for me especially, I have a lot of problem. Uh, that my voice is is intimidating. <laughs> so yeah, it's just one of those things where I come on stage and people. It takes them like a few minutes to realize that it's reality that I really sound like this, and I can see no, it. Turning on, back. Yeah, I can see it on their face, and they're just like, well, "Why is this happening?" And then eventually they'll go, "Okay, he sounds like this." And if I don't do like opener jokes talking about it, it takes me like a while just to break that wall down. Even yeah. with, my, with my tours, the same way, my tourists will look at me like, what? Like, it takes 30 minutes. And then they're like, okay, now it's cool. But like Alon said, this idea that people want to feel uh, familiar with you. They want to feel like they're on the inside of the joke. That they're not from the outside, like, looking in. You know, they want to be right there. Uh-huh. So I think that if uh-huh. there's anything where you feel like you're high and mighty or you're on a pedestal, they're going to hate you, you know? So you have to, in a way, break yourself down, you know, just so that they can, especially, like you say, that and that idea of, like, having a nervous character, immediately people get on board because there's nothing that is uh, threatening about a nervous person, you know? So they're like, cool, funny, I love it, you know? That's why I tell people, like, if I was heavy set, I go, man, that would be the end to comedy because people have made they love fat guys, man. It's just, they're so funny, you know? It's, it's a, true. It's a natural thing. It's so true. It is. They're just likable. It's just, like, naturally likable. People don't like skinny people, like, generally. <laughs> Angel, you're, um, I must ask you, the tape that you provided to me of you singing along to songs, was that the radio uh-huh. or were you singing along to karaoke tracks? It's either um, I'm playing it off just like a CD player. Mm-hmm. Like it's, 
um, just the album. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying, like, maybe I lower the music a little bit and I'm saying over it. Mm-hmm. There might be some karaoke tricks. There seems like there's I some songs know. that were radio, but there were, <laughs> but as I continued listening before mm-hmm. uh, the taping, I realized that some of these songs did not sound exactly like the way they were on the radio. So it piqued my interest a little bit. Um, yeah, it's either CDs or stuff I downloaded often, but that's probably when... I don't even think Napster. Maybe it was Napster. Remember that? You were in high school, right? <laughs> so it just like takes forever to download one song. Well, we're on the um, same age, and it was high school. So chances are, you more than likely did use Napster. How old were you when you were making this tape? So probably like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, let, let's take a listen to a fifteen, sixteen-year-old Angel. Uh, singing along. I, I don't actually know which song this is going to be because I recorded yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> is there anything you want to I, say? I the warrant, like, I can't sing, so that's just what I'm warning. That's the warning. <laughs> this is the warning, people out there. People out there in Radio Land. Your, your, your Angel thing. just said, <laughs> I can't sing. So, play it! Me the meal and threw it up on Sunday night. Got a lot of things to learn. Said I would and I believe in one day before my heart starts to burn. So what's the matter with you? Sing me. Just 
Sorry, you were saying? I think it was two songs. No, right? that was totally two different songs. The, the yeah. second song was there. It was that second song was a little bit of the, uh, better than Ezra. Uh, Extraordinary. I do not know what that first song is, but I guess the first song is an Oasis song. That does sound like Oasis. <laughs> stand by me. But I have to say, the thing that really brought me back. Was the AOL Instant Messenger sound effects that were playing in the Oh background. my god, that was priceless, Angel. I mean, it, it was funny because I, I definitely recognized that, but the one that really got me was the, was the door opening. Yeah, that door opening. I was like, oh my god, someone just came online. I hope it's someone cool because I want to talk to them. Set the, the, the scene for us. You are playing these songs on a CD player then, or you're playing it on the computer. And yeah, you're definitely s- on the computer. And you're okay. and you're and you're you're um <laughs> you're on aim and you're aiming people, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I made one of those kids that was like on AOL oh, all the time. God, so sure. so, right so was so I. On it. Oh yeah. Moment, like, moment I went home, I was on that thing all night. It's and the way it was. You would like you would click on every one of your good friends, and you would be aim- you would you would do a message with them, mindless nothing for hours. And you'd, I would have like yeah, ten messages exactly. open. Yeah. You wouldn't be talking yeah, about anything. again. Like I wasn't social at all, so this was my only way of being social. I just oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's really silly because you know what it, it really brought me back to. It makes me feel pathetic, but I don't feel like I feel like it's not, but. It also just makes me feel bad. But, like, I remember I used to not have the courage to talk to girls and, like, tell them how I felt when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And then I would, like, you would I ask would girls ask, out on Instamess. I would ask them for you their You were telling for us about aim. that one time. Yeah. I remember that. Because um, I wouldn't ask them out. It would be, like, that whole, you know, bullshit kid thing of, like, I like you. Do you like me? <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah, I like you, too. And you're like, wow, you really like me? And Kissy face like, emoticon. Yeah. I like you. And you'd be like, cool. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's like, what do I do with this information that we both like each other? Nothing. <laughs> like, I remember, uh, I remember that I would see them in person after we'd confessed our love over the internet. And it would be the same awkward 
conversation in person. Yeah. Hi. Angel Liao gets back from school. She records herself singing along songs while she's chatting with her friends on Instant Messenger. That's a perfect scene. Yeah, That's like having people and they know. It's a little slice. Some of them respond, some of them don't. And then, do, do you remember the um, excitement of seeing someone come on AO one to Messenger that like you really wanted to talk to? I would, like I wouldn't. I am not right away. I have to wait, you know, because that's too desperate. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, well, okay. well, hey, there, there, there was there was a problem with that though because if you waited, you like yeah, you know. Leave. They might, they might go off. They might go off, exactly. It's true. Like, you yeah. had the one friend who never went on Instant Messenger, and then you saw them come on, and you're like, either I get it on it now, or are they going to go? No, but she's right. You don't want to sound desperate. So you then you what? wait. Um, but then you wait. This is reminding me, they too. So I would leave AOL on. would be so nervous to step away from the computer in case someone IMs me, and I don't. Because usually I have no one that I <laughs> but if, in a rare occasion that someone IMs me and I don't respond right away, I feel like I would feel like a jerk. So whenever yeah. I take a shower, I would get so nervous. No, but <laughs> I remember take you really could, quick showers just so but you could leave the, um, back in front of my computer. You could leave the away message, right? Mm, yeah, why didn't you just write the away message? that wasn't a thing to like later. <laughs> I wish that my phone had away messages and people would text me and, just be like, and my, my away message would say I'm never going to text you back <laughs> I'm here but I'm not texting you back you know I didn't I didn't step away from my phone obviously it's in my pocket but that's not going to happen <laughs> I used Instant Messenger a lot in college that was my thing my impression of Instant Messenger was it was more or less like no different than a message board where, you know, leave me messages so that when I come back, I'll have something to come back to. Aww. Bye. I'm going to class. <laughs> hey, did, you ever, did you ever use... Uh, yeah, it became that, too, in a way. Did you ever use Trillion? <laughs> Tr- what? You're getting too you obscure. Use tr- you didn't use Trillion? He's getting too obscure for you. Trillion was like, it fused all of the different AIM things. Oh, I see. I do know what you're talking about so now. So it's like you could do, like, Yahoo Messenger. Yeah. yeah. ICQ yeah. and all that. It was like, uh, I... What was it? I speak. I speak. Yeah. I, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think I actually may have used this at one point now yeah. that I think about so it. So you kind of felt like yeah, you I kind of felt like you were like yeah. you were like an IM baller. If you had trillion, you were a baller. Uh, <laughs> well, we we have more clips of of non singing nature, but I, I still want to hear a little bit of you singing. So, Moss. Moss. This is this was the <laughs> this was the first thing I heard when I played the tape, and it's wonderful. I 
fact that yeah. you have that song on there because as i said it was the first song that comes up when i play the tape and uh-huh. and it's an it's a totally obscure canadian uh-huh. group in the former iteration of lost and rewound we had uh like a mix like a b-sides we call it where we like we couldn't cover mixtapes and joy drop uh, beautiful was on there and i honestly thought it was just like a yeah right i know the song because it was on my alternative radio too when i was growing up so i thought it was super awesome like to hear it yeah i imagine it was on the radio probably on like k-rock or whatever the hell the station was back then. <laughs> k-rock. i got through this one i remember buying like a bunch of cds on ebay um, I'll say that I wasn't really, like, a music person. I think because my parents didn't really listen to, like, music, like, American music or any music, and I didn't really listen to their radio until later on in life. <laughs> Did they, like, maybe right before high school, like, junior high is when I really started to know what music is. Right. <laughs> so then, you did it um, sort of on your own. <laughs> so I remember buying, like, just going on eBay and looking for really cheap CDs, and um, I think this was one of the CDs. It was just like six CDs, and I didn't know any of the bands. I looked at the CD cover, and it looked cool. So yep. I thought, oh, maybe these are cool bands. Um, so yeah, I think that's how I know Joy Drop. That's so funny. What you know, the, I'm wondering, <laughs> though, you know, what, uh, what inspired you to record yourself? Singing these songs, there must have been some moment where you were like, "I need, <laughs> yeah, I need this." It was just uh, to, like to gain confidence and to like be able to tell yourself think, that you can sing, okay? Yeah, I think so, and I still do this now as like a thirty-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I get a chance to be like completely alone in the house, and you know, when you're alone, like you would only do things that you can't do well someone or you, you won't do like something that might embarrass you when even if like your family is or your husband is there you just, there's some things you need to do that yourself um, and it's always has been singing because I'm always so not confident about my singing but I you know like secretly like when I was little and I always wanted to be like a rock star Mm-hmm. And I feel like I still do now, <laughs> but um, no, I, I like it though. I, that's the thing. Is it's, it's, <laughs> so whenever you were get putting a chance, in work, when, that's when the I'm deal. completely alone, I would just like find the songs I like, look up the lyrics, and then like sing along to it, and like really learn the song too. So if something 
I don't know if whatever event that I have to sing something on the spot, I'll know what song to sing. This reminded me of something else. Um, when, like, after college, I was living with three other people, and this was when um, rock band was popular. Oh, sure. And so that was kind of my... It was great, because I, like, I, I think I played the drums the best in that game. That was always my jam. Uh, Playing the drums was always my favorite. It yeah. was the best. It was far fun. It was most fun. And, and it was like karaoke, so you don't really have to learn the lyrics. So whenever all my whenever there's a moment where and I'm by myself, I would play a rock band and I would play the drums. We didn't have a mic stand. So we just had like the mic that came with the game. You became and Phil I would Collins. Kind of, like, that just makes my heart so happy you did like a dave Grohl or a phil collins or just like you you became the drum or impersario of the group yeah. <laughs> so great i used to do the vocals on rock band but I, I felt like it was it was bullshit Right, you can't take any liberties, because if you did take any liberties with the singing, it would give you a poor percentage score. Like, yeah, come on. Exactly. Like, you have like, to get the like the falsetto. You have to get the saying. holding I, the notes correct. That's what I used exactly. to do. Is I used to try to sing it in my voice, and I would just get it all wrong. So I had to just do these awful, like you say, awful falsettos to try to hit the note of whatever note they wanted me to hit. And it was like, ah, I'm like cracking my voice, and like it sounded awful. And then people were like, why does it sound so bad? And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying to get the good score. This game doesn't know what's actually good. Can't this game auto-tune me? Like, what's, what's the deal here? Singing's clearly been something that you have always been interested in, obviously. I mean, between the karaoke and then this sort of this secret radio uh, sing-along project that you had going while typing on Instant Messenger. And from the sounds of the tape that you provided me of an even earlier era in your life, when we were chatting about this months ago, about a tape when your sister was born, and the tape is in mostly Cantonese, you actually have in this tape more than just, you know, baby sounds. It's actually you singing to your sister. Is that correct? I guess so. I didn't really listen to it. <laughs> Allow us to jog your memory. Let's do it. Do re mi, do a di a si melody, ray a drop a going song. Me, my name, I call myself far a long, long way to one. Do I need to put a fret tea? I drink red and fret. <laughs> <laughs> I know follow songs and I bring her back to the oh oh oh. Do re mi fa so la ti do so do. I turn like a roll your boulder shore. Like a roll your boulder shore. Hallelujah. Like a roll your boulder shore. Like a roll. Hallelujah, 
Michael Row, your bold assure, hallelujah. Michael Row, your bold assure, hallelujah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> this was a tape where your sister was born, and how old were you? Uh, I, I guess I was seven, because we we're seven years apart. Okay. So, seven. You were seven. You were seven years old when mm-hmm. you were singing. Uh, what is the song that was just being sung? I mean, I, I know Michael the, Roy, your boat ashore. Yeah, you never heard that song. I don't know if that was a religious. Like, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a church song. I, 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 I must admit, I, I am not familiar with this church song called "I Will Row Your Boat." Dude, you. You gotta learn. I gotta, gotta learn. Get some learning. <laughs> gotta get my, gotta, I gotta get with it with the hymns, evidently. I'm uh, telling you. And that, we didn't go to church. I don't know where that song came from. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't go to church. You didn't. So somebody came and was, was warping your child mind then. If you didn't go to church, okay. they were coming and just feeding you <laughs> religious songs. I, yeah. yeah, there was a song. It's probably from there. It's probably, yeah, probably a religious song book and... My parents didn't realize. It would have been pretty great if all of a sudden you started breaking out and you were like, dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> You're like, where did she get these songs from? Some perfect little mind sing, of a child. Sing the most obscure Kwanzaa song. If there's a Kwanzaa song out there, we want to know what it is. Your parents didn't listen to much of the Western music, so because they didn't play it for you, you kind of had to learn on your own. So you must have heard this somewhere. Did your parents invest in to their children some kind of like, uh, or you know, in English book of songs for children kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's that. Yeah, I remember there was like a cassette tape of children's songs with like a song book that you sing along to. That's the jam right there. That's um, the joint. Uh, and we did have like a laser disc for karaoke. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a karaoke machine that it was like the big laser just and it was all like Chinese songs and then there was one children laser disc with all children's songs. And then I think there were two or three like eighties or seventies English songs. <laughs> this 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 clip comes from the same tape of the clip that we heard before. Uh, and I believe I had teased a little bit about the fact that uh, it is in a language that we do not understand. And I'm very excited because you can tell me what it's what what, what your parents are saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
哎呀，您啊，哎呀，您啊，哦，您您乖唔乖啊？乖咁啦，乖咁啦，啊，咁啦，啊啊啊，昂哥哥呢？昂哥哥，昂哥哥，我吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱吱啊！圆圆，啊，咁啦，啊，咁啦，嗯，啊，咩话？啊，圆圆，哦，咁啦，吓，咩话？圆圆，圆圆，哦，咁啦。安哥哥，安姐，安哥哥，乖唔乖呀？啊，乖唔乖？哎呦，哎呀，我听听听听听听，唱歌俾你听吗？嗯，姐姐唱歌啦，好的。我唱 A B C A B C。E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V W X Y N C. Now I know my A B C. Next time, won't you sing with me? Our turn. I got turn. All my bags are packed. I like to go. I'm standing here outside the door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. Ah, I'm leaving. No, but the but the door is breaking my heart. It's early morning. The taxi's waiting. It's rolling. It's rolling. Ah. Yeah. You look sweet in the panacea and a bicycle bell for two. Orchards in the summer good old time. In the summer good old time. In the summer good old time. Getting through my baby shame with your baby mine. She hold her hands and you hold hers. And that's a very good sign. And that she your tutti wutti in the good old summer time. Okay, Oh my goodness, goodness, goodness. You could not stop singing at all, could you? I guess not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't even know I knew the songs when I was born. So, yeah, we, 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 translation, please. Think of, fill, in, fill in some of those blanks. So, my dad was saying, uh, 20, 
three years from now, you're going to be on a podcast. Like <laughs> 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 you said, in Chinese. <laughs> what, a, what a prophet. What can you say? <laughs> so my dad just kept saying, this is for you. And uh, my sister's Chinese name is Ying Ying. And my, chi- my Chinese name is Ching Ching. So mm-hmm. you might hear that phrase there and here. So you just kept saying that this tape is for my sister. Um, and they're just doing, you know, the baby talk, like, are you being a good girl to my sister? Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much Dad had some had some good uh, good sound effects too. He he knows how to make a, a baby uh-huh. smile and laugh with all the different little um, cluck clicks and bells and whistles yeah. he was doing. <laughs> and then um, you had just this incredible array of Western music knowledge that clearly <laughs> must have stemmed from those books on tape. But I mean, what you you said you were seven, and I can't think of any song that I knew that well when I was seven years old. You were killed totally, like, without even missing a beat doing the Jefferson Airplane. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> I really don't remember how. But so, I, I know my mom had a guitar book, um, oh. and those are, like, a lot of the 70s. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Maybe some 80s. But I don't know if, if I learned it from... I have no idea. <laughs> I'm surprising myself. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing the songs that you know and that you enjoy when you're a kid like yeah, that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because I don't think I read it. Like, I don't think I knew how to read. I apparently I used to sing. I don't know if I ever mentioned this on this program before, but it's going to be out there in the reaches of audio space. I used to sing the songs from The Lion King, "The Lion Sleeps the Night." That was my jam. Wait, the lion, lion sleeps tonight wasn't in the Lion King, though, was it? It wasn't actually, I think, in the film, but it was like on the soundtrack, was it? and Elton John uh-huh. sang it. In, all right, and, all right yeah. that makes sense. You know, it was all over TV when the movie came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely <laughs> would. I remember my mother telling me that I used to sing like the Lion Sleeps Tonight all the time as a little kid, and she said it was very cute. And I was like, um, did I dress like Elton John? <laughs> Was I singing the bitches back like right after that? The only memory I have of songs that I sang when I was younger, when I was eight years old, when we had, you know, very few albums. I've I've talked about this many a time um, that there was very little music in the house when I was before I was eight years old, just because there was no music until my parents finally had the money to scrounge up and buy a cd stereo system and we had billy joel's greatest hits and rem's out of time record and so those two albums i was familiarized with because they were pop records and i had dance routines so we were talking before about how there's this like sense of confidence that you could be inside a private room and you can sing, and no one's going to watch, and you can you know, be able to do that and instill that confidence in you. For me, it was always dancing. So you put, you put me, even as a 30-some-odd-year-old man, I will, in a room, like I did today, I will just dance by myself. Anybody who knows me knows I, you know, when I'm out in the world and in public and karaoke notwithstanding, I am a dancing machine so this is the true danziger zone yes yo the danziger zone the dan the, the dan <laughs> the, they call me danceathon alone and i dance-a-thon, honestly the, yeah. the, the danceathon is not a public thing it is honestly like 
even in my bedroom, I will just, if I hear a song that just makes me really happy, I will just dance. And so Billy Joel, like, I don't know, Allentown, or like Just the Way You Are, or, um, you know, what's Tell Her About It, I remember I would just like jump on the couch, I would, you know, be all over the living room, and I just, I would go all out. It was, it was, and like Near Wild Heaven by R.E.M., I would get all epic and just like sing as if I was singing to the heavens kind of thing. And it was, it was very, very inspiring work. It's weird. This is the oh. first time I connected in my mind that dance a thon on involves your name. <laughs> <laughs> People just used to call you that. This is like when I first met Alon. I'm pretty sure I knew the name Dance Athanalon before I knew your real name. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there I go, that's Dance Athanalon. To me, I just conjoined that word as your name was Dance Athanalon, not the fact that Elon is. <laughs> a- a- when Angel first met me, she probably knew that my DJ name was Hip Hop Anonymous. Mm. Hip Hop? No. Hip Hop Anonymous? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. That was not confirmed. Mm. <laughs> she said, so, so seven-year-old Angel, cognizant of the music that her mother's guitar book had to offer and being able to sing these songs, after hearing these for the first time, really, truly, and getting a chance to listen to them, uh, what thoughts come into your head? I was so confident. <laughs> I feel like I, was, I lost that... Like energy, I guess we all do. <laughs> I've always pictured myself like I knew, you know, I had a lot of fun when whenever I'm by myself, um, and then when I go to school, I kind of shut down. I just didn't realize there's so much energy <laughs> yeah. that I had inside of me. You can get and back there. You can really, you can rediscover that magic. Don't worry. <laughs> Start sing, like, sing, keep singing. Keep singing those songs. As I'm going older and older. You're, well, we are all dying. It's true. No, we all are dying very, very slowly. And yeah. and I think maybe part of the reason why I keep biting at the kneecaps of my childhood is because I don't want to stop being that fearless. Biting at the kneecaps? That's a new one. <laughs> the fact that you could be so fearless at a young age and then continue finding a way to tap into that as you get older so that you're remaining just spontaneous is really an important quality to never yeah. forget. Yeah, I realize I still record myself over and over, and now it feels more like a narcissistic thing. <laughs> I still like just to know what other people are hearing. I would record myself and like listen to it. What inspired you to start VHS Presents? Was there in that some sort of similar aesthetic of finding a way to get people to be as fearless as you? Um, I think one of the theories and, like, goals I've had maybe since college was knowing that when you're younger, you learn these, like, really important lessons, and you don't realize they're important. They seem, like, minor or small, but then it really affects who you become and who you are now. Like, because I do storytelling a lot, and I always try to find, like, my first memories of things and then trying to figure out why that memory is still in my head and why that memory probably seems like a little thing, but is there's, like, a bigger lesson 
uh, live in it. So I always encourage people to just look back and see what you remember. And I feel like a lot of people don't like to look in the past because sometimes it is shameful or embarrassing. I feel like that's the stuff that kind of makes who you are and you should embrace it. And it, and I feel like it does help you know what your original goal in life is, you know, like to stick with that and not have adulthood just bury you, you know. You uh, did just have VHS Presents this past Saturday, and is there going to be a VHS Presents next month, or when will the next VHS Presents be, and what could we expect from that? Um, the next one should be probably September. We're always the fourth Saturday of each month, mm-hmm. so whatever that fourth Saturday is in Excellent. September. So now we have rotating hosts, so we have like five of us, so we're going to try to have all the hosts. Including um, me. Do just to kick off the show. Yay. Um And also, we're trying to do the same where we have themes for each show. Mm-hmm. So then, um, so I think it'll be more fun um, to see like a show with just dance recitals or a show with, with just plays. So we're trying to um, organize that for the upcoming shows. Well, thank you so much for bringing us on this journey and showing us that exactly that it's all right to go back and to get embarrassed. That's what it's all about. Angel Yao on Lost and Rewound. Thanks so much for being here. And we Thank you. and to all our listeners or just our listener, hi mom. <laughs> we thank you for be- <laughs> we thank you for joining us on this go around. Tune in again next week for another exciting edition of this ridiculous journey that we do go on. And hopefully you were inspired just as much as we were this week. As again, every Thursday at 3 p.m. right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, this is Jimmy Hoffman. This is Alon Danziger. And Angel, yeah. And again, we are Lost and Rewound. Cheers. What do you wish? I wish. I wish. I don't know. Full house. Funny some video. Funny some people. Uh. Charlie and Charlie by the bell. Zach Slater, Jesse, Screech, Lisa, Uncle Goo, Uncle Goo, you so cute, Uncle Goo cute. Bye bye.